Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit and welcome to a listener request this week and it's been very anticipated, lots of people who wanted to hear our thoughts on this and it is the world of barefoot slash minimalist shoes and toe spacers. We focus on the brands Vivo Barefoot and Vibram in regards to barefoot shoes. And then with Toe Spacers, we mention a company called literally The Toe Spacer. We dive into some listener submitted comments in regards to their experiences with these products. We look at the current scientific evidence. We also look at a lawsuit that involved Vibram and having to pay $3.75 million for some dodgy claims they made. And we ultimately come to a conclusion whether or not these products are worth your time and if they can help you on your fitness journey. Right then, let's get into it. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, mate. How are we doing? I don't know, mate. I've lost it. I don't know what to do. I know. It's a bit bit different this this week, isn't it? What's going on? Uh, well, we, we are actually currently testing our capabilities on Twitch. We are going to try and stream our podcasts on Twitch as we're doing them, and it's thrown us off. Yeah. At the moment, I've got two screens open. One on the left is Twitch. One on the right is our uh, Riverside, our virtual uh, studio. Um, yeah, and it's a bit mad. There's a bit of a delay as well on Twitch, so I can see, I'm talking, then I can see my mouth move after mm. I've spoken on the Twitch screen. Yeah, this is something different. It's a bit weird because uh, Twitch is more known for like a... Well, I don't want to call it esports because we've had this discussion before about what class yeah. isn't a sport, but yeah, uh, gaming. Sport, let's yeah. say gaming. Yeah, gaming. Yeah, yeah. It's also one of the reasons why I've decided to wear this shirt, which you made a comment on earlier. I did Predator T-shirt with the yeah. Jurassic Park uh, imagery. I better explain it because obviously people just heard you say that I'm wearing a Predator shirt, and for our Spotify listeners, they might not know what I mean. Like a you know, the alien predator, not a sex predator. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't got Prince Andrew on my shirt or anything like oh, that. For fuck's sake! No. Didn't take long to make a joke, did it? This is my idea of uh, you know being a nerd. So yeah, wearing up my Predator T-shirt. Yeah, Alien Predator, not Sex Predator. Just to confirm. Yeah, just just. It's to not that kind of yeah. podcast. Thanks for tuning in, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think Twitch aside, Predator aside, we are we're back with a listener request this week. So. This request is quite interesting. We got it at the back end of, of last year, and it's something that me and Tom have spoken about before off yeah. air. But it is, I think, I want to make something clear because I feel like a lot of people, when we did our polls and we've made a few comments to people saying we're doing this episode, I feel like everyone's kind of coming with the impression that we're going to go full send and attack barefoot shoes and toe spaces. Still might, to be honest uh, with you. We, we might do a little bit, but I feel like people are expecting more than what we are. I mean, it didn't help that you posted that that thing about me saying um, five-finger non-shoes. That didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Basically, but... uh, yeah, spoiler... Sorry, I just realised we're live and my cat has just done a fucking suicide dive off the top of the cupboard. Um, Great. I'll call the vet later. For now, there's more important things to be doing. And this is what sort of people think people are going to see on the Twitch is that there's going to be some unseen shit that's definitely going to be cut out of the final podcast. Yeah, one second. Uh, this is live, but I'm letting you out the fucker. Go on, go. Usually this animal abuse would be edited out. Why, why, do you, why do you still have a cat? The amount of times we've had cat problems on this podcast, do you, know you still what? have a cat. It's like an abusive relationship. It's like, you know, like, a, oh, I love my cat, but, you know, what, what, what a cunt. Can we get banned off Twitch for swearing? I don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure how Twitch works that well, Soon to be we'll honest. Find out. Yeah, we'll find out. What, I mean. what happened to Ralphie, by the way? God knows, not my problem anymore. Um, Iris PCA. <laughs> right. Hang on. Oh, wicked. Someone's, we've, just, we've just had someone 
first 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 person chat lifty lift i like that straight to the point lift, very good yeah do you know what i remember i went to start an instagram account way back when the U- uk account. was yeah trust me listening this is way back when the uk was leaving the eu the european union and you know like how it was article 50 hmm. i tried to start an instagram account called article lifty right and uh, i couldn't get it someone had taken it absolute fuckers yeah gutted i thought i was being well original with that but yeah this week uh, we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> what are you pointing for you should know what we're talking about as well it's not just me. Are it's we saying barefoot podcast. running shoes? Or are we saying yes, we're talking about, shoes? Yes, they've they got two names, haven't they? You've got, they're either called barefoot shoes or minimalist shoes, and they're also going to be talking about uh, toe, state, uh, toe spaces. When we say minimalist shoes or we talk about barefoot shoes, I mean, it's it's not as it actually sounds. I mean, you know, you are wearing some form of shoe, but usually when we talk about minimalist shoes, it's, it's a shoe that hasn't got a lot on it. So basically the sole can be reduced yeah. to literally... Do you remember... Bill, I'm probably showing off my age here a little bit, but at school when we used to do phys- uh, PE, we used to have to wear something called plimsolls. Hmm. Did you guys have yeah, to wear okay. plimsolls? Or yeah, I'm not going plimsolls back are, yeah. to yeah, I'm not, stone I'm not age. fucking invalid. I know what plimsolls are. Yeah. But I mean, uh, plimsolls, where it was like a just very thin fabric yeah, shoe, flat. and literally hmm. the sole was cardboard. The sole was yeah. literally just cardboard for us. So that could be a minimalist shoe. Yeah, it could be, yeah. It's, hmm. it's basically a, a condom for your foot. <laughs> it's very <laughs> it's minimalistic. <laughs> It's a lovely way of putting it. Yeah, it's where they basically like strip everything away, don't they? Um, and then it's supposed to make you more agile, as they say. And the key thing that uh, a lot of people tend to use it as a selling point is the wider toe box. So, so we're going to certain accounts, but people will like to attack narrow shoes, and they'll say that these shoes have got a wider toe box, allowing your feet to be more free, more natural. Uh, yeah, and we'll come on to all of that, obviously. But that's also one of the, with the, the whole minimalistic point. shoe or bare. Uh, barefoot running shoe there's this whole appeal to nature thing as well where it's like where it's close to running as barefoot close to as being running to how our ancestors used to run as much as possible therefore it's more natural as if natural is going to automatically mean better yeah we're going to that later awesome. yeah uh we've also also got toe spaces as well so these are basically like things that are made of silicon or like a gel um and they're supposed to like conform to your toes and they sort of spread your toes out they look very strange um yeah so i made a really good, who made the comments so i made a really good comment uh there was adam he sent a message saying he reckons they were invented by some guy with a massive foot fetish and they really and he's just invented them to get people yeah, <laughs> just to squat get loads you. of pictures of feet on the internet yeah squat you yeah. well do you know yeah. what um i mean these things were around long before uh you know sports or athletic reasons these things were around for in like a shops where you'd get your toenails painted yeah i was about to say beauty set yeah beauty salons. Yeah. yeah but yeah. they were made of they're, they're like foam though aren't they those ones they're just there to separate the toes to paint them i don't think they've actually got any i don't think they're as rigid or yeah. not rigid but i don't think they're as effective as the silicone ones in separating the toes i just noticed my ring doorbell is also uh, alerted so we're probably about to get swatted as just classical <laughs> twitch streaming i've heard swatted with, with our four our four people who have tuned to be fair i don't even know if this four people it says that are on our twitch stream are actually including us well, i tell you what they're in fucking trouble if they do come for here because You've got i've got my barefoot minimalist croc would this count as a uh, by the way this is my missus not mine in case you're wondering about the color and the size of it as well you can probably <laughs> my missus <laughs> what? My, my missus is from yorkshire so she's massive What's that's that why the shoes people massive. from yorkshire are massive like well, giants well, yeah like Right, we're down to two listeners. That's good. Northerners are massive, mate. You know, they are massive. <laughs> but technically, a croc could be considered a minimalist shoe. I think. I mean, half of it's fucking gone. Functional Crocs. Uh, you know why that wouldn't be though? 
Go for it. See the way it's got the arch there, the way it's lifting on the arch in the middle. Yeah. See, that would be a minimalist shoe. Oh, is that what that's for? Oh. I just realised that's actually a back for it. I thought it was a carrying handle, yeah, like a GPMG. <laughs> Why would yeah. you need a carrying handle for your Crocs? Well, it's a tactical <laughs> Croc, ain't it? <laughs> Tactical when, you're in, when you're bugging out, <laughs> do you imagine seeing that across the harbour area? So I'm running around with a fucking tactical right. croc, mate. Somewhere out there, there was someone listening to that going, Do you know what? Next time I pack my, my, my day sack, that's what's going in there. Tactical croc, <laughs> tactical croc. Just don't do anyway, a pink one unless you're RAF. Let's get this back on track because I'm, I'm fully aware that because we've started Twitch, we've gone, we've derailed it and we're just going rogue. Um, so we are going to start on the first one, which is barefoot shoes. Now I did do a poll, so I'm going to go through those results and I've got some really good feedback as well, which we're going to, we're going to discuss. So here we go. So I asked, do you own barefoot slash minimalist shoes? 32% of people said yes. 68% wow. of people said no. So there's a fair amount, quite a bit. And to be fair, one, of the, one more thing we should sort of announce is that we've got more people voting this week simply because yesterday a pretty well-known military banter page shared our podcast. Yeah. We've got quite a lot of followers from that, which is uh, very nice. So Lock welcome flag. to all those new listeners, hopefully. Yeah, Black Flag, really appreciate that. So Lock we've got flag, quite a few... Lock Flag, you that's live block... as well. You <laughs> called them by the wrong name on the live stream. <laughs> Sorry, you fucked Sorry, it. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. See, I can edit, I can change it. We've only got two people listening, that's fine. <laughs> Shall I start a bit again, just to fucking... <laughs> no, just, just keep just going be... now. It's too late now, right, okay. I mean, that is too a loud, high but... number that, that, that said that they own them. Compared yeah. to mine, mine was about like, I think mine ended on 11% said yes. Yeah, but didn't you put the picture of the five fingers up? Yeah, but also yeah. it's more to do with the, your followers. It's your followers. That's the problem. Nah, but this is the podcast followers. This is the actual, this is Functional the followers. Instagram. No, this is the Instagram podcast, not my podcast. Oh shit, that's the point. I've shot myself in the foot. Yeah, you fucking, now you're making people off. I know. Making enemies anyway. left, right and centre. I, th- I then asked if you said yes to any of the questions. Obviously, we're going to talk about toe spaces later. I then asked... Why did you? Why have you got these? Why have you got barefoot shoes? And I'll go through some responses. So someone said they haven't really researched into them and their benefits, which is you know why we're making this episode to give you all the details you need. Uh, barefoot for the deadlifts because of the reduced range of motion. Also, our old school canvas shoes barefoot. So you know, like your plimp soles you mentioned earlier, Tom. They're asking. I suppose they. I, I, the only reason I'd say no is because I'm not sure if they conform to the whole toe box thing. You know, having the wider toe box. Yeah. I'm not sure if they would have that specification so i don't think they could be classed as barefoot i mean when we consider like the criteria for what is the definition of a, of a yeah like a minimalist or barefoot shoe mm. i think it could be quite subjective so some people it might just be a lack of a reduced sole it might be a reduced sole for some people it might just be the amount of material that's actually wrapped around your feet for some people it might be the fucking lack of a lace and just having a velcro strap although saying that i think now that you say it a toe box is something which yeah, a toe box is quite significant, I suppose, when you think minimalist shoe. Yeah, if you've Something got that isn't keeping you toes. as cramped. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, so that, that's uh, so answer that person there. Then uh, no, I don't think old school canvas shoes would be classed as that. Uh, some okay, I'll read this. Some this person actually sent me a massive paragraph. I'll read that. Um, the shoes they look cool as fuck in my opinion, and they're comfortable. That's from uh, Pete, one of our patrons. Thanks for that, mate. Um, it's, it's got a fair point. I mean, if you like the look of the shoe, who gives yeah. a fuck? There's been some people wear some funky shoes because they like the look of them. You know, so what you want. Taste is subjective at the end of the day. They did continue this uh, this comment though, Tom, and they said, not for all the strength on your feet, primal liver king bollocks. <laughs> Actually, Fair Pete, enough. you make a really good point there and I'm very, very surprised that uh, influencer liver king hasn't yet jump. jumped on the mm. barefoot uh, shoe Mate, train he doesn't yet. wear shoes to be- He doesn't wear any shoes. That's the point. I know. 
Um, but like, you know, yeah, that's a point actually. I suppose yeah, he he, the whole shoes. thing is he's a primal as fuck, isn't he? So, yeah, you know, he doesn't he's not have any shoes. shoes. So. Technically, he shouldn't yeah. be wearing pants either. There's a lot of things he should be doing, Tom, that we'd be here all day. Yeah, that is this true. Is not, this, this is not what this episode is about. This is not the day for that. No. Uh, okay, next one from Kathy. I bought Vivo barefoot as a fallen. I've got fallen front arches and so much toe pain for a long time in regular shoes. Fair enough. I can. We all know pain is very. You know, it's a, it's an interesting conversation yeah. to have. And if you've got pain and you, you you know you want to get rid of it, people will turn to products like these to try and help it. If it's helped you, that's great. I mean, you know, I'll take away from you. Someone just. Uh, oh, big Leon. We were talking about you before we started. I saw you uh, get on the timer. Love the pod, lads. Always have it on when I'm commuting. Appreciate yeah, that, Leon. Uh, next one. Oh, big clean. Keep fit, Kiwi. Clean is also a patron of our podcast. She has put working in boots every day. So if you're not aware, she's a police yeah. officer. So she's obviously, you know, on her feet a lot. Um, and five, two, five toe shoes can help alleviate that. So I can understand her, you know, her reasoning for wearing those, especially because boots are, if you've ever worn boots for a long period of time, you know, they can be quite uncomfortable, uh, hot, sweaty, compressive. Yeah. So. Um, just to add on to Colleen's point there, actually, I did have quite a few people message me pretty much mirroring that comment as well. People who okay. tend to be in uncomfortable footwear all day long tend to kind of like get comfort uh, get comfort by like simmering down into basically like minimalist shoes. I mean, me, I'm an animal, so I'll just like go barefoot as soon as I get home or put my Crocs on. But um yeah, I do understand that some people that wear uncomfortable shoes all throughout the day, and it might be nice to slip into something more minimalistic. Yeah. But it doesn't like feel quite comfortable under their bare feet. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, next, originally, after hearing that they're better for your feet when running, but now they're just my gym shoes. Um, then Greg's put, used to hate running and always had nickels, moved over to minimalist shoes, and I enjoy it. So... As we're coming to, is that placebo or is there actually a reason behind it? We'll, uh, we'll find out as we as we dig deeper into this uh, this episode. But yeah, thanks for those responses. So uh, some interesting ones for sure. Yeah. I suppose now we better actually have a look and see if these are actually as good as some people are making out. So barefoot shoes. We've just gone through some comments there. It seems to be Vivo, Vivo Barefoot. They seem to be the big player in the industry when it comes to the minimalist shoe. Uh, they've got loads of different products. If you were going on their website right now, you see they've got boots, so like walking boots. They've got stylish, you know, trapping shoes. You're going out on a Saturday night on the piss. They've also got, uh, you know, obviously your gym shoes and your running shoes. So they've got a wide range there. Problem I have with them though, as we're going to probably come on to quite a few times in this episode, is they're not cheap. So if you're looking at the gym wear, for example, you're ranging from about 100 to 130 pounds for a set of trainers, and then the boots can be like 200 pound plus. So it's, it's it's not cheap. No, they're not cheap at all. No. For, for a gym. I mean, if you think, for example, if we took a look at something like a Metcon, which is a, a CrossFit trainer, you'd assume they're really expensive because CrossFit has a tax on everything. So if it's, you know, if, if CrossFit endorses it, they put more money on it, apparently, was well, the way it looks anyway. And these are even more expensive than like a Reebok Nano or a Nike Metcon. So that puts into perspective how, I don't know, the barefoot tax you can call it, but they are quite expensive. Yeah. I mean, some of these uh, designs are absolutely wild as well. I mean, I'm looking at one at the moment where it's literally just like a, it's a wrap, but designed as a, a trainer. Wrap. Yeah, it's like a wrap designed as a wrap. trainer. Are you on the right website? Yeah. These are the Vibram Five Fingers Men's, no, I can't yeah, pronounce this. You're on fucking website, Tom. We're not looking at Vibram. No, we're looking at Vivo, Vivo Barefoot. 
I thought we talked about Vibram as well, and this is live. Yeah, Vibram's late. Yeah, later on, mate. Later. Oh, shit. See, this is oh shit. Yeah, to our fucking what do I do? People watching on Twitch, this will, this will be cut. See, this is the sort of shit we have to deal with on a weekly basis, guys. To people be honest, though, the- Vibram still do barefoot shoes. Yeah, they do. Yeah, we're going to talk about them later, though, aren't we? I'm jumping the gun again, aren't I? You're jumping the gun again. It's like the fucking twenty twenty. This, is, this is your fault for allowing me to jump the gun. But yeah, Vivo barefoot is what I was talking about because I think Vibram's actually quite cheap, aren't they? I mean, 70 quid for what I'm looking at, but it is quid. pretty okay, much yeah, just a, yeah. a stylized wrap. Hmm. Anyway, bringing it back to Vivo for a second, uh, I mentioned the price is obviously quite expensive. Uh, and what I found quite interesting is I did some digging on review-wise, and the reviews aren't that great. They're quite mixed. A lot of people complaining about the quality of them, and they seem to fall apart. And I'd be quite frustrated. If I was spending £130 on a set of trainers, and they were falling apart pretty quick, I'd be pretty frustrated. And then that just think in my head I'm just thinking is it is the quality that good or is it just a simple appeal to nature fallacy tax hmm. as we're calling it? I mean, uh, one benefit of these five finger toes uh, shoes does it like you can maybe open door handles with them? Are you back on the fucking Vibrams again? We're not even on Vibrams yet. Why are you Sorry, back on Vibrams? I'm still looking at Google Images. That's why. And these things are just like absolutely <laughs> appalling. I know some of our listeners said that they actually like the look of these and the design of these, but I'm looking at them oh, and no. I can't help but think that the people that said they do own a pair or would have a pair, they, they should probably be on a watch list. There's <laughs> a reason I called them fucking, what was it, five finger nonce shoes or whatever that was. Not nonce socks, that was it. <laughs> not that kind of watch list, but carry on, Bill. <laughs> yeah, Burn those bridges. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, so value for money aside of the quality of the shoe, uh, the question is, is things like performance, injuries, pain? That's where the big buzzwords come when it comes to these, you know, these shoes. So we'll start with uh, injury. Now, injuries are a very difficult topic. If you listen to this podcast for quite a while, you know it's very... Um, context dependent but mm. there's certain individuals out there cough squat you cough um who will uh <laughs> they'll almost no suppose people into thinking that narrow shoes are the cause of all foot pain and all basically any pain you've got is probably because your shoes are too narrow i even saw one video of him cutting apart his nike trainers to <laughs> yeah the side, i remember just that. to let his, to- let his toes pop out the side and i mean that was just i thought that was Mate, just one step too far, but yeah um <laughs> i mean i get I mean, I understand what you should. The thing is, I understand people's point about the narrow shoes and it, you know, the compression, because you, know, you, you automatically assume, oh, it's a narrow shoe, it's pushing your toes together, which is not going to lead to comfort. The problem the problem I have is how much force do people think these narrow toe boxes and trainers are exerting? Because to, yeah, the body, it does adapt, we know that, but to adapt to a point where you're literally causing things like bunions, you'd have to have a lot of stress induced to, to, to actually move the bone to actually do that and I don't think a Nike trainer with a small toe box I mean he that. was pretty much uh, and this goes for the comments as well so it wasn't just people at like Squat U but also like uh, his diehard mm. followers in the comments were going on about this whole diatribe of how mm. you know running shoes are going to deform our feet and evolution is going to take its toll and eventually we're going to have like fucking eagle claws etc I don't think people realise the amount of severe pressure it takes to make permanent changes to your feet um, Joe, ever since we kind of discussed that we were going to be talking about this topic, it actually brought back like a bit of a repressed childhood memory, mate. Um, <laughs> I don't like this as well. This is going. <laughs> I remember watching a documentary, and tell me if you've heard of this before Chinese foot binding. Yeah, I was literally about to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I remember I actually, <laughs> my mum used to make me watch some weird shit as a kid, which probably explains the way I am. Um, but yeah, like I remember seeing this documentary on Chinese foot binding where it was. First of all, why would why would they do it? It was like a it was seen as like a, a beauty thing. It was kind of like a high society thing to do as well. But basically, it's where you'd you'd basically wrap up and massage your feet to the 
tight to the point where it was so tight that your feet would deform over time and it would just form a very severe point. Your foot would basically look like a ballerina shoe. Mm. And uh, the amount of pressure, they used to break the toes first. Yeah, break the toes. And then they would like wrap it around to the point that it would just, yeah, basically the complete opposite of what a running shoe does or work boot. That is a perfect example of the sort of stresses required to deform your feet to the point of where... And they would usually do it between the ages of... What's it like? When, yeah, it was young, like as an inf- Not an infant, but like four or five or something like that. Four, five, six. When your bones are easy to manipulate. Yeah, when your growth plates ain't fully developed, etc. So to suddenly go towards old adults wearing running shoes or your work boots, or your fucking Timberlands, you know, are going to suddenly like deform your feet and make you non-functional, etc. It's just bollocks. Plus, I'm being honest, if if the shoes were that tight that they were going to cause that sort of damage, they would be extremely uncomfortable that you'd probably not wear them. You would if know you to take them, them off. Yeah, you'd notice it. If you're, still, if you're still wearing them after that amount of discomfort, then it's your own fault. You know, I mean, you've got, only got yourself to blame for having fucking like weird toes you know what I mean it's it's true though isn't it because it would be extremely uncomfortable to have it that compressed Uh, but yeah I mean if we also look at things like bunions which is that's that can also be something that's brought up quite a lot in regards to having tight shoes Um, if we look at the actual data on it which I'm sure we're going to come to time and time again because all these products love going on about bunions um, the cause of bunions is actually pretty unknown um, and it's very multifactorial in terms of every time they look at it, they're not really sure what's causing it. So when people like Squat You come out and say, oh, it's definitely because you've got narrow shoes, that's just, I don't, I, I think he's just, he's just saying it because it's an easy, it's an easy, easy target, isn't it? Because it would, it would make sense yeah. if you, to, to, to the layman listening. Um, I mean, on that topic, I talk about the layman listening. This is why I have a massive issue where people just solely focused on biomechanics is that it becomes very easy to try and justify your reason behind something by blinding people with science, or in this case, biomechanics. But what people who are just obsessed with solely with biomechanics do is they just take one piece of the puzzle, one, mm. just a couple of pieces, and tell you that, you know, they, they assume that they can see the whole puzzle just by focusing on one piece, one piece of it. So people like Squat You will go on like a massive... Uh, They'll place a massive caption and they'll explain all this random biomechanical jargon. And to layman, it'd be like, well, this this makes sense. This guy's using scientific terms here. He's he's placing all the pieces together, A, B, and C. But it's it's a lot more complicated than that. And as you said yourself, like there's no there's no definite evidence on like what creates what is yeah, the sole cause. cause of, you know, these issues in the first place, such as bunions, etc. I think as you said, it's very easy to attack that one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. It becomes very simplistic and it's easy for them to push their agenda when they follow because if they start have to bring all these other factors into play, it they confuse themselves and it's very hard to put that in a post that gets people biting and gets people excited. Yeah. So you'll see it on social media, they'll find that one piece and they'll attack it. Problem is though, sometimes people get caught out, Tom, and we're gonna move on to your vibrams, your uh, your socks. Prior to spring 2014, Tom, Vibram, the uh, the sock people, you know, the five-finger product? Are you going to say, actually, I think you're going to say what they was originally made for? No, 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 no. I mean, this, is, this, is them getting, this is them getting sued, mate. This is, this is like, this is, juicy, this is juicy shit, this. So. Can I just quickly continue? Basically, you know, with Vibrams, just because we're now onto Vibrams and no longer Vivo, do you know what Vibrams were actually originally made for? They was actually originally made for a, a grip on things like yachts. And other water sports. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was literally, to do water. Yeah, it was literally it was a grip glove for your foot. Mm. But then somehow they got this whole barefoot running thing, etc. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to quickly point that out just before we yeah, go that, back to Vivo. It makes sense. It does make sense on a, on a deck of a ship, maybe. Having your little, 
yeah. your non-socks. <laughs> your non-socks <laughs> but, uh, on your, on your right. Jeffrey Epstein yacht. Oh, fuck's sake. Right. <laughs> back, to the, uh, back to the lawsuit. So prior to spring 2014, Vibram, the, uh, the sock people, as we keep calling them, uh, they had their products, Five Fingers, yeah? And they claimed pretty much everywhere on the website, you know, all the adverts, that the product strengthens and reduces injury. It's a pretty bold claims there. You, you look at that and think, fucking here we go. I want some of them. Um, they were then hit with a $3.75 million lawsuit and had to remove all claims until soundly proven by evidence. And then on top of that, they were also required to run banner ads about the settlement on the on their on their sites, uh, including things like Facebook, and they had to deliver around 300 million impressions of the ads. So they had to make sure 300 million people saw those ads saying that they were wrong. Take as that part marketing of the lawsuit. team. Yeah. Um, and here's a quote from the, from this lawsuit. While early studies showed that the barefoot style in areas like knees uh, that are prone to strain... I completely misread that. What's that say? <laughs> I'd say, while you get your thoughts together, I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to piss you off oh, and go back go. to Vivo again. So it's funny you say that, that ever since that happened way back in 2014, on their website, Vivo now actually have like a massive list of citations of... Really? What they consider to be evidence, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is highly biased and cherry-picked, but yeah, they have just like flooded their page with uh, yeah the evidence of the barefoot shoe. So yeah, they probably saw what happened uh, to Vibram and thought, oh, fuck that. I don't fancy it. What was it? How much? 3.7, did you say? Yeah, $3.75 million. Yeah, that's a lot of dollar. Mm. It's a lot of dollars. It's a lot that of dollars. Dollar. You know, back, back to that quote now I've gathered myself. So it's a very poorly... It's a, this is actually a, quite a copy and paste of this quote, so it's just very poorly written. I don't know who the fuck wrote this. I would have thought a lawyer or something, but clearly not. So basically, I won't, I won't read the quote because it's fucking stupid. <laughs> a minimalist lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going yeah, to paraphrase it. So basically, they were saying that while early studies showed that the barefoot style um, shoe helped with things like knees, you know, knees, are, they're quite prone to strain, aren't they, knees? People would yeah. have knee pain. The early studies did show some help there, but then later studies found that it was other parts of the body were compensating. Yeah. So what they did found is then the other parts like the leg and the foot were then getting injury because it was just it, the way it was wearing your body was adapting to it that. Was but then it was shifting the load. Yeah, it was shifting load to other places, which is something we are going to talk about later, I think, because that is pretty common thing to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you change your footwear of anything. I mean, I remember the first time I started running in boots, going from uh, running in trainers all my life, I say all my life, I'd only been running for a short time. But I mean, uh, you know, going from running in shoes to suddenly running in boots completely changed everything. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't ready for running in boots. I mean, for example, like um, when I was running in regular running shoes, I was running on the balls of my feet. So I had quite a fair bit of, you know, uh, plantar flexion. However, as soon as I start, uh, as soon as I laced up army boots, I was expected to sprint here, there, and everywhere. I had some severe shin splints just simply because I was no longer able to get that um, plantar flexion. Sorry, I was no longer able to flex my foot to get that plantar flexion. So I was now heel striking, which meant I was suddenly shifting the load to a completely different area of my body that I I was not adapted to. To be honest with you, all I say, Tom, is physics, mate. Yeah, it's basic physics. It's literally all it is. And even going from like a traditional running shoe to a minimalist shoe. Even though it's not as dramatic as going from a shoe to a boot, it's still a change, and it's still a change your body has to adapt to. Speaking of runners, Tom, we're going to we're going to fast forward a couple of years to a, to a paper on runners. So this is actually quite an interesting one. Mm. So they had two hundred experienced runners, which is important to note. It's quite a large, you know, subject size, and they're experienced, which means they've adapted to some sort of running. Obviously, you'd have to dig deep and see what they class experience, because for them that could be a day. But yeah. um, <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But two hundred experienced runners were studied over a course of a year. It's quite a long time. The results are clear and unsurprising. There was no 
uh, important difference in injury rates, just the type of injuries. Each was better in some ways, worse in others. So this was, just for some context, this was looking at minimalist shoes versus normal shoes. Uh, and they called, I think it says somewhere later what they called them. There's like a certain name that they have for um, that normal shoes, basically. But yeah, so look at them too. Uh, and they found there was no difference. Uh, some was good, some were, uh, one of them was better in other ways and then some was worse in others. Although the paper emphasizes fewer overall injuries for barefoot runners, injury rates what matters. The number of injuries per 1,000 kilometers, say, they were not statistically different between the groups due to significantly less mileage run in the barefoot group. So this is where it gets important if I'm making sense. So yeah. the barefoot runners put in just 24 kilometers a week, while the runners in shoes ran 41 kilometers a week without an increase in injury rate. So what this 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 is a bit fucking strange. Basically, the only way this paper comparison has any relevance is if it's saying that the only reason that they were similar is because you actually can only do less running in barefoot shoes without getting injured. Yeah, it's, ba- it's basically what it's trying to it's w- what it's trying to say. I mean, this is where people could easily pick, uh, sorry, easily cherry pick. Yeah, that uh, that paper and say, mm-hmm. oh look, barefoot running means less injuries, but that's only because they wasn't the person that would be cherry picking would not compare well the actual amount of distance ran or the amount mm-hmm. of injuries per actual hour either uh, per thousand hours. Sorry, it's like who who's more likely to to get run over, the person that crosses the road once a day or the person that crosses the road twice a day. Mm-hmm. The person that crosses the road once a day has barefoot shoes on. The person, sorry, uh, minimalist shoes. The person that crosses the road twice a day has r- regular running shoes on. Well, it's not really the shoes, it's just to do with the amount of times they're doing it. They're exposing themselves to it more. So, you know, the people that are kind of like, <laughs> if you're just going off of the amount of distance run, then sure, the people that are doing more load and more volume through just running longer distances well yeah of course they're putting themselves in more stress of course they're gonna have higher injury rates it's an interesting one isn't it it's, it's an, just a classic example of troping because i could you can easily look at this paper and just say fewer overall injuries because the paper does emphasize there are fewer overall injuries in barefoot trainings but then as i said if you dig deeper you realize they've actually do they're actually done less compared to wearing shoes it's like well that's that's pretty standard if you do less of anything like physical activity your risk of injury does tend to decrease yeah because you've reduced your load. So yeah. that's just an example of, you know, a paper you've got to be careful of. But injuries aside, injuries are obviously only one part of it when it comes to barefoot shoes. People like to talk about strength as well. And I think this is a bit more positive now. Mm. So we do have some data to support this. So I found a 2019 paper, Tom, and to the people who are listening, uh, they found a strength increase of 60%, which is pretty significant. Mm. That's a big strength increase. Uh, and they measured the change in toe flexion strength. So, unfortunately, this is an audio platform, so I can't show you a lovely little picture. Um, essentially, you've got to trust us. You've got to, tr- you've got to trust us, yeah. So, they basically got like the big toe on like this little board thing, and they would just have to push down on their big toe. Mm. That's basically it. Try Trying to, it would basically, a machine would measure how much force they're like putting through. Like a pressure through, plate. Or, yeah, like a pressure plate, essentially. Um, the mid five pull, but with your toe. There's nothing like a bit It's completely different. I know. I'm just looking at the pressure plates they use at the selection. Yeah. You just wanted to say it, didn't you? Fuck's sake. Uh, and this yeah. paper came to a conclusion that because of this strength increase uh, in the toe flexion, it will this will lead to a reduction in fall risk in later life. So, which makes sense, I suppose, to a degree, because you've got more, I don't know, if, you, if your feet are stronger and you're more stable, perhaps you're going to reduce your risk of falls. But let's be honest, when people fall, sometimes it's just a... Shit happens. Yeah, shit happens, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly yeah. that. If we look at this kind of, so it, it's, it looks like on paper it does increase strength, but I wouldn't like go rush out and spend all your money buying them just yet because 
you're gonna to have to do this progressively, right? So this paper says 60%, and it's not gonna be a case of you wear these shoes and overnight you're going to increase your yeah. foot strength by 60%. It's the same with any type of strength training. You have to do it progressively. So progressive overload is something that is applied to strength training. Just mm. because it's your toe does not mean it's not not the, it's not different. It's the, it's not the same. It is going to be the same. So this is the sort of thing where you'd have to do it over time. It's not something that you're just going. It's going. It's going to happen overnight. So don't don't rush out and buy these shoes and then wear them every single day, all day, constantly thinking oh, I'm going to get you know I'm going to get massive toes. I, I, I don't know why you'd get massive toes with them, but do you get what I mean? What, you have to do progressively. <laughs> you have to do it progressively to see to see the results essentially <laughs> to see those strength gains. Do you think you could spot reduce fat in your toe? <laughs> spot I mean, reduce fat in your toe. Yeah, why not? I mean, just quickly while we're on subject of strength, what would you? I mean, what you, what's your opinion on the like just shoe types with? Whilst on the topic of strength uh, training or strength performance, what's your opinion on weightlifting in shoes? Like different shoes. Do you think it makes a massive difference if you're flat-footed or not? I mean, my opinion is it's just completely subjective. Um, I mean, for me, like, I used to find that when I used to deadlift barefoot, and I mean actually bare with socks on, with socks on, not that grim. When I used to uh, deadlift with just my socks on and no shoes, I used to find that I could lift a little bit more or subjectively it used to feel like less effort. But... But it's a bit weird because since I've actually kind of read up on the evidence on how shoes kind of affect and how they might not have a big effect as much as we think, I've never really trained barefoot since. I just go in with my trainers and it now just feels actually just the same as it did when I was doing it barefoot. I think I kind of lost that placebo effect. But I do understand yeah. for some people, they might feel subjectively stronger by lifting barefoot because they feel like they're more planted. Yeah, I don't okay. think it makes a major difference if uh, they're in spongier soles or not, or five-foot-wide toe box. I, I, I do think it does depend on the shoe, kind of. like I wear CrossFit-style trainers, which are normally quite solid-based. They're quite yeah. flat-based in terms of they're, they're good for lifting. They're kind of obviously made to be like all-round trainers you can use for lots of stuff. But I've had people come into, into the gym with running trainers, for example, um, and they'll be deadlifting, and they'll take their shoes off straight away because yeah. they just feel more comfortable having that flat surface. And I can see why you'd feel more stable because if you've got a spongy running trainer, it might it, you, you lose some, some stability. And if you're, yeah. if, if you're trying to focus on lifting heavy weight, you don't want to be thinking about your ankle stability, really, do you? You, you want yeah. to be thinking about rooting your feet to the floor, driving through the hills. So I can see, I can see why. And then I suppose that's where these shoes can be maybe good because they are inherently flat, aren't they? Yeah. Barefoot shoes. Actually, that's the point to talk about flat. Um, this isn't to say that your footwear doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Mm. I mean, I know we're kind of going a bit off subject here, but in regards to like weightlifting shoes where there's a heel, some people might not quite have the mobility yet to get deep for squat. You know, a, a raised heel will definitely make a difference, you know. I mean, if you're, if you're running on mud, then, you know, trail shoes are going to make a massive difference compared to, you know, my shitty road running shoes. So, yeah, footwear does matter. But, yeah, it just depends on the context, doesn't it? Because there are people out there who it's it's hard because people they'll have they'll they'll kick off about shoes pretty much saying that you must never squat in these trainers you must never yeah, squat in this yeah. thing and that, I think that's where it gets a bit with, yeah yeah that's where I've got a bit of an issue I, I understand the it is perhaps more optimal to wear a flat shoe when you're doing something like uh, a deadlift but to tell but tell but to say and you know on a social media platform oh you must wear these shoes or you yeah. can't deadlift is it can be quite problematic I'd i say. have i have seen on social media where people outright shame others for mm. you know doing any kind of barbell movement yeah in a in a, in a running shoe mm. and i just don't think it makes that much of a difference to be honest with you bill 
Yeah, I mean, that's I, me. That's I, my subjective experience, especially now that the placebo effect's gone out the window for me. I think personal preference. If you like the look of the shoe and you feel comfortable in whatever your activity is doing, then who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's do, do you, you do you, you know? I mean, there's yeah. obviously going to be people who argue more optimal stuff. Like you said, with the, the, the raised heel on a weightlifting shoe. Yeah, great. That can help you out if you've got mobility issues. But if you don't feel comfortable in them. Yeah. I think it comes down to per- personal preference at the end of the day, doesn't mm. it? If we uh, bring it back a second, I've realised yeah. we've gone off on a savage tangent there. Uh, if we bring it back to the the strength stuff with the with the minimalist shoe, um, there's also some stu- some sort of conversation happening and, and scientifically well about benefits for the elderly um, because you've got more with the barefoot shoe. You seem to get more contact and response from the floor, and for the elderly, where you know, things like trips, slips, falls, whatever, they 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 become more prevalent. There's perhaps a benefit to having uh, a minimalist shoe to help that. Um, however, we do need to see papers that compare because at the moment the papers are just done on these minimalist shoes they're not done in comparison so it'd be interesting to see if there's a if there is actually a difference for example if you were to wear a minimalist shoe compared to uh, a running trainer is there one that's going to be better than the other because at the moment as i said they're only looking at papers on minimalist shoes and said oh, okay that looked like it reduced falls it's like okay but does it reduce falls compared to a normal shoe yeah we don't know that yet. We need to see that. But so far, it makes sense. Like theoretically, if you think about it, having a flat, more um, you know, wide platform shoe essentially could maybe help with stability when you walk around. Also, if you're going to fall and you're wearing the five finger ones, you know, it means you can grab onto something with your toes before you fall. <laughs> what? Why would you think? <laughs> I can't even think of that. That's the last thing an old person would probably think of as they're falling. <laughs> oh Wrap shit! Around the banister, hanging on top of vibrant fucking Vivo Super Ninja shoes on, you know, <laughs> hanging from the banisters. Yeah, grab onto the fucking banisters. They're going down the stairs. <laughs> God's sake! Oh dear! What a sight! Old people aside, Tom. If we look at younger people as well, we've yeah, got some fuck old on people. This, so. Let's go back onto who really matter. Oh God! What children? Yeah, it's because I mentioned a predator joke earlier. Oh, I don't know, man. You just thought you were going to tell us. Right, let's crack on. <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but we do um, have some potential benefits for children as well. So not only the elderly, but children get involved well. So I believe you've done this wearing, on Twitch live. <laughs> wearing moderate minimalist shoes long-term improves balance in children. Um, basically, the balance is, balance is correlated to toe strength uh, with, with jump distances, which is the paper looked yeah. at. But that <laughs> goes back to that, that paper before, which found the 60% increase with the... With the increasing in the toe strength and that can help with balance which is where they've come to that conclusion with this paper uh, and they're basically saying that moderate minimalist children's footwear designs are recommended mm. as, as usual guys these papers will be in the show notes if you want to if you want to get balls deep into some scientific literature but probably not that's why you come listen to this but i want to make a point on this paper though so they've said moderate yeah. minimalist children's footwear designs are recommended the control shoe which is the shoe they used to compare it to. It's like a normal shoe, a normal children's school shoe, was given an 8% minimalist rating and the experimental shoe was given 46%. So there's actually a scale out there to decide whether how barefoot a shoe is. So to put that 46% into context, the five-finger Vibram shoe was given 92%. Mm. So the control, uh, the experimental shoe in this study was quite low on the barefoot scale. So really, it I, I don't even know what, what forty six percent is like? What is that in a what is that in a shoe? Mm. This is why it's nice to have pictures in studies sometimes, but very rarely does that happen unless it's a graph. Vibram, if Vibram is ninety two percent, what the fuck is forty six? Because how that just seems like it'd be a normal shoe, maybe a flat plimsoll, like like a ninja shoe where it's just split down the middle. So you reckon that's what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Is this making you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> is this making it me feel strange. uncomfortable yeah, in hindsight? Odd, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put it down. 
Yeah. Sorry to all one of our Twitch uh, viewers. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not sure how many is actually watching because I'm not sure if it's yeah. counting us. I think one is my mum. I don't think it's counting me because I'm logged into the actual podcast Twitch, so it shouldn't be counting me. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. But I mean, yeah, that, that is quite interesting. Like, this is where it would generally be uh, good to actually have see a picture, a, see a see, picture of it. What I'm thinking here, Tom, is that 46%, is that just some sort of plimsoll? That's what I was thinking. Just a because simple piece of fabric and a piece of card. Yeah, because it is way off 92%, so I'd be surprised. But still... It does make me actually wonder, uh, it does actually make me think as well whether I should have looked into this beforehand, but if this is actually a reason why children are made to wear plimsolls during Maybe. early physical development, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because proprioceptively, etc., they're still developing. When they're doing physical education, I don't know, like... Maybe that's why I don't like to have them on like a spongy, you know, surface. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting point. Actually, it could, it could be valid. Uh, yeah, I mean, this paper does recommend that this was done between ages nine and twelve, just for just for context. Um, it does recommend that it should be incorporated. Minimalist shoe features should be incorporated into children's shoe designs to improve health outcomes. Have you ever been hit with a plimsoll? Have I been hit with a plimsoll? Yeah. In what context? Like beaten or thrown at or what? Either. I don't even know why I asked the context because I don't think I have. I don't even know uh, what I was supposed to be. school. Right, carry on. Oh dear, anyway. We're now going to move on to another question that is often raised. Uh, this is one you'll see on Reddit forums quite a lot. And that is, why aren't... Well, I know, fucking Reddit of all places. And they basically, the question that comes up is, why aren't top athletes using them? Because we see a lot of these health benefits mm. of, you know, the strengthening your feet, you know, the natural stuff, you're grounding yourself, having these barefoot shoes. But then why are we not seeing top athletes wearing them? Why are they not wearing these shoes? Uh, and one of the things I came up with was, very simple, sponsorship money. Mm. Big companies like Nike are going to throw so much money at these people that if they were then not to wear them shoes they'd probably go broke because a lot of these athletes, they make a lot of their money from sponsorships. So, I mean, and Dave Vibrams can't fork out because they're still paying off their lawsuit. <laughs> that was a, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, Vibram, yeah. Um, there's also there's also the argument of adaptation, right? If Nike's paying you, let's say you, Tom, you're a marathon runner, they're paying you to wear this shoe, yeah? You, yeah. Know, you've got to, you know you've got to wear that shoe on race day because you're being paid to wear it. Why on earth would you then train in a barefoot shoe and then have to rate. You're going to train in the shoe you're going to race in, aren't you? Because you want to adapt and get used to running in that shoe. You're not going to wear something completely different yeah. on the off chance. You that, can't oh, put a sneaky on them because you'll end up fucking yeah, yourself over. Exactly. And you're going to be like, oh, I might improve my toe flexion strength here. I might, might do that in my training. It's like, no, you're not taking risks because you're an athlete. So I reckon that's my that's my thoughts on it. I mean, I'm, I don't know what yours are, but I think it's down to do with the sponsorship stuff. And because if you're being paid to wear, to race in a shoe, you're probably going to train in a shoe that's either that one or very similar. I think it's one, as you said, sponsorship. And two, um, just simply they're doing what people have been done, doing for years, and that's just training in regular old running shoes, mm. doing what works best let's be honest with you and just following the current evidence as well um i mean the, f- the funny thing as well whilst we're talking about our athletes etc there's this whole thing about well yeah the appeal to nature fallacy where well our ancestors used to run barefoot etc and if you run barefoot then usually that means you might be like more of like a on the ball of your feet runner rather than heel striking as i was kind of mentioned earlier with the boots discussion why, why, why aren't the most top athletes like striking on their feet then if that is the best way to run? 
because most of the type of athletes, like if you look at pictures, it's mostly heel striking, etc. Mm. So I don't even see like a big deal about the whole idea of striking with the balls of your feet in, in the first place. Anyway, I mean, I do. I'm a, I'm a wrong way to say it. I'm a ball striker. That sounds horrendous ball, saying that. Yeah, that sounds a bit. Yeah, that's a bit. That sounds a bit strange. Ball striker. Yeah. <laughs> ball striker. Ball. Yeah. I, I, there's no. There's. There's no way I can less worse than what it is. But yeah, I just still don't get this whole appeal to nature fallacy with always oh, how we were supposed to run. We're supposed to run however we are more comfortable with. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So the big question is then, to f- finish up on this minimalist section, is should you get a pair? Because that's what you come here for. You want to find out, should you get a pair of these barefoot shoes? Now, I'm going to start by reading a little extract from a paper from 2021. And it says this. So listen then. Most runners will be able to successfully transition to barefoot running following a graded program. Individuals with more mobile feet are less likely to tolerate the transition, possibly because they benefit from the support afforded by shoes. Individuals that find traditional running shoes more comfortable are more likely to to successfully transition. So just to reiterate there, that's extremely that's an extremely important point you just made where it says like graded training and they run in just like any other form of sport or training whether it be weightlifting or swimming whatever it's it, it's got to be progressive overload at the end of the day you've got to have different training uh, when programming you don't want to just jump straight into it etc so when I say straight, straight into it I mean you don't want to go straight RPE 10 etc it's got to take time to you know recover and adapt etc etc and an overload from there this is where i'm a i'm a bit f- now I, I do want to conclude and just say look do what you want basically it's not going to make a massive difference but this is where i'll be careful in i'll say to people if you're going to be running try not to flim flam between both such types of shoes Try to go from running shoes to Vibrams and this day I'll go back to running shoes again and then uh, next week I'll go back to Vibrams because you're constantly loaning yourself in different ways. Now, I'm willing to be corrected on this. I'm willing to be corrected on this. So to be fair to me, you make a good point. It's because we said earlier how that one paper found that, yes, previous studies showed that with things like knee uh, injuries, it was helping. The, the load is just moving to other places. So if That is exactly tra- why. So if you're constantly changing, like you said, different trainers, your load's going all over the place and your body's not having enough time to adapt to these loads, which is then going to increase your risk of injury and you're just not going to ever yeah. adapt to your new shoe, basically. I mean, that's that's it's actually that paper that's kind of influenced the, the, the my, my way of thought at the moment. Now, I could be completely wrong and I'm willing to be corrected by it um, or change my mind in the near future, maybe. But that's why the reasons why I wouldn't recommend flim-flam in between shoes. I'll just pick one and just go for that. But that's in regards to running. In yeah. regards to weightlifting, do whatever. But in regards to running, I wouldn't flim flam because you're constantly loading yourself in different ways. You want time to adapt at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. My, my personal opinion is like, it's completely up to you. I don't think barefoot or minimalist shoes are bad. But at the yeah. same time, I don't think they're better than running shoes. I think it comes down to personal preference, personal preference when it yeah. comes to running. However, just to go back to my point, I wouldn't flim flam between the two just because you want to have time to actually adapt. See, my opinion is I I personally won't get them simply because I don't think the I feel like the cost is the way it is simply because of that appeal to nature tax that we spoke about earlier. And for a lot of people, they just look, you know, appealing. Yeah, appealing, yeah. I, mate, honestly, I said I'd get one. I'd get a set if they weren't so expensive because I'm not... Be, and you, If I was to get one as well, you'd have to adapt over time, as you said. You wouldn't better just wear them all the time. And if you're paying that much for a pair of trainers, you almost want to wear them every day. I mean, my co-worker does actually have a pair of Vibrams 
Yeah, mate, I'm not going to be seen dead in those. I would not be seen walking around Tesco with a pair of five-finger non-socks. Yep, I'm not, brilliant, <laughs> uh, not a brilliant name for them, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a But I mean, uh, <laughs> like, I know I... I don't like the design of them, and I do... Now, listen, at the end of the day, fashion is subjective, but I do think they're fucking ugly as shit. However, at the same well, well, time... Well, Tom, 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 one of our big producers of the show, Colleen, wears them, right? So let's be Well, cu- this is where I'm kinder. about to do a U-turn. Yeah, you know, U-turn. They look fantastic. Dissonance here. Right. But the when I do see my great. colleague uh, come out in them, you know, they do look snug. Well, I bet they, they do, do yeah, look comfortable. They do look yeah. snug. A lot of socks, mate. And yeah, bless my co-worker, because I know that he does sometimes listen to the podcast, and... Um, mm. Whenever, like, we're now in the gym we work at, we actually have something called a get ready for it, Bill functional rig. It's basically monkey bars, but uh, yeah, as, as soon as I say, like, oh, should we go muck about on the uh, monkey bars or something? He goes, Yeah, yeah, how? Let me go get my shoes on. He goes and takes his uh, trainers off, and then he comes out in his little vibrams. Bless. Have you ever gone you know? to hang upside down by your toes on the bars? Do you know? Do you know? I'm I'm pretty sure I have actually said that to him before. <laughs> I have yeah. said that to him before. Yeah, it is weird though when like we're just sitting in the office and uh, he's wearing them just casually, and you know, like when you, when you've got your hands on your desks and you just rattle your fingers, yeah, like that, like a tarantula, just going like that. Sometimes you can see him doing it with his toes, and it's really creepy. Oh, that's a bit cute. I'll tell yeah. you, mate, some of these things, I just feel like they're made by people with foot fetishes just to get themselves off. You know. Yeah. Because it's very odd. I've, I've, I've seen him, you know, uh, actually type on his keyboard with his toes before. That's a joke. That's not true. I don't know, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there, there, Bill. We'll let the listeners decide if that's true or not. If you know Tom, I'll, I'll let you decide. See if I have a job tomorrow. <laughs> I think that's it on the uh, on the, the Vibrams and the Vivo barefoot shoes. So that means we are going to now move on to toe spacers. So this is something that's a bit newer and once again CrossFit has sort of blown this into uh, the hemisphere in terms yeah. of in the public in the public eye. Uh, and we are going to go back into the poll again. This one is a little bit more one-sided to be to be expected cuz it's not as uh, wildly known. Okay, yeah, so 91% of people said they don't own a set of toe spaces. 91% of people are normal. <laughs> you can't say that. Tom. You can't say that. Oh dear. Uh, but I'm now going to read out uh, a, co- uh, a comment that someone said. This is Kieran. It was really good. He sent me like a big, basically a big paragraph. And this is relating to both toe spaces and the barefoot shoes. So I thought I'd save it for now. Plus, you'll be able to get a bit more context of what he's saying because of everything we've just spoke about. So he's called himself a toe spacer and vivo barefoot wanker. Um, <laughs> fair <laughs> I'm enough. I'm glad we kept him anonymous. Cheers, yeah, Kieran. Yeah. yeah, cheers, Kieran. Um, so he's put. <laughs> My feet were bad, weak arches, toes crammed together from years of wearing smart shoes with suits, brogues, etc. And they always ached after a long walk or run. Toe spacers, toe spacers initially helped make my feet not look all mangled and now look spread out and create a stronger base. Find lifting a lot easier and steadier. The next step to being a full-on barefoot wanker was the, was the Vivo barefoot trainers. I found that since running in them, my shins don't ache and my foot arch has been strengthened. No aches or pains like I had in conventional trainers. I do look pretentious like I'm better than everyone else because I'm a barefoot bro, but it does work. I recommend to everyone to try it. Feet are completely overlooked and there's a base for everything. I think that's all the bases covered. Now, there's quite a lot to unpack there. In terms of saying everyone should give it a go, if, if you can afford the shoes, I don't see why not. If you do it properly and you do it over gradually, so you don't like wear it all the time. If you wear them like, you know, now and again, maybe to go for a dog walk, wear them then. If you do it over time gradually, perhaps, perhaps it'll help. But as I said, they are quite expensive. So 
Uh, is there anything else that stood out there to you there, Tom, in that comment? Uh, no, not really. I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to sensations, etc., a lot of it is subjective. Subjective, you know? yeah. Now, the thing is, with um, this goes for both toe spacers and uh, minimalist shoes at the end of the day. I don't think there's any, anything inherently harmful about them. So if you enjoy them, fantastic. The only time I'd have a problem with such products is if it was providing a Nasebic narrative where it's saying, oh, no, you have to have these things, otherwise yeah. bad things are going to happen to your feet. I'm going to come on to that, Tom, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a few comments. Which, see, this is the thing. We've I don't know how clear we've made it throughout this episode, but it's more, we so said we don't have a problem. The problem we have is with the narrative some of these products, as Tom mentioned, yeah. like to push. And that's what we have the issue is the statements people make. Because it's very easy to make statements online with celebrities, not celebrities, like athletes, for example, promoting your products. Uh, it's very easy to say well. things. And when they do that, because people have this, uh, what is it, the appeal to authority uh, fallacy, it's yeah. almost like they don't, just because that person said it, they're like, okay, it must be true. And these companies can get away with it to a degree because no one really calls them out. Yeah. But then if you do call them out, you find out pretty quickly that if you ask the right questions, they don't really know. They're, they're just putting things out there yeah. based on anecdote, based on anecdotes. And as Tom said before, very simple, basic biomechanical stuff where it makes sense theoretically. If you think about it, okay, I'm spreading my toes apart. My feet's going to be wider. I'm going to have a stronger base. That makes sense in your head. But the question is, yeah. is that really real, like relating real life statistically when we look at you know loads of different people i mean certainly it could change uh, it, it can temporarily change the sensation of things for sure if um you've been wearing like a that person said like th- their work shoes you know if you're white wearing your work shoes and like let's be honest work shoes in general are fucking uncomfortable you know especially if you work like mm. an office and you've got those fucking pointy lumpa lumpa type shoes you know like fucking christmas elves wear you know they can be uncomfortable are they gonna you know have the same effect as chinese foot binding probably not but no, they are undeniably bloody uncomfortable. If you get home and straight away you take your feet out of those socks and you get a pair of toe spaces on, suddenly you're changing the sensation. You know, you're changing the sensation of your foot. So yeah, sure, well, let's, it's going to work. Let's be real as well, Tom. It is essentially stretching your foot, your toes. And we know that stretching, for most people, I'm, I'm saying this anecdotally, but people stretching feels nice. When people do a stretching session, they feel great. They, they do have a nice sensation. That's why people yeah. do things like yoga to relax. Because it does feel quite nice. Uh, no pun intended, by the way. Uh, but this is how I can actually shoehorn things like posture into it, etc. Go on. I did say no pun intended because I said shoehorn. Do you get it? No, I do get it, Tommy. Yeah, I'm not a fucking idiot. But you probably wouldn't need a shoehorn for a minimalist uh, shoe anyway, especially not a croc, which I'm looking at. But I mean, um, <sighs> with posture, it's it can get uncomfortable if you're spending too long in a certain posture. So it's not necessarily that oh, being hunched over is bad for you or being ramrod straight is bad for you. So we don't like to spend too long in certain positions. Mm. And, you know, once again, going back to feet, exactly how I said there, you come home from a long day of work, your feet have been in a very specific, you know, position for a long time. And suddenly you get out of your shoes, spread them open with your toe spaces. You've suddenly changed position. Your yeah. feet don't like being in a, in a you know, in, same in the same position or having the same yeah, pressure on the whole time either. Now, at the end of the day, if I bet if you spent 12 hours with toe spaces on, the same thing's going to happen. Mm. You know, you might start feeling discomfort with your toe spaces on. You might take the toe spaces off, put your foot into a fucking shoe, and suddenly it actually feels 10 times better, just simply because you've changed that modulation, that sensor, sensory modulation. Mm. 
we look at it from a, an athletic uh, point of view now. The reason it's come to our attention more in recent history, I suppose, is, is CrossFit, as I said. They have pushes up a little bit. You're starting to see a lot of athletes now posting images of them, maybe doing a, a stretching session with the toe spacers on. Um, and the one that I send to see the product, it, it's uh, it's called Toe Spacer, literally, and it's at £20. So it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but it's not like outrageous. It's not like they're taking the piss or anything. £20 for a bit of rubber, basically. Um, and before we go on even more, I was going to read out a statement, Tom, from their website, okay, from Toastbase. And I want you to tell me what you think um, about this, okay? Bear in mind, this is obviously marketing. They want you to buy their products. They're obviously going to fluff it up a little bit. The toe spacers also help realign toes to its natural shape and stretches out muscles to improve stability, posture, and can help combat feet deformity from everyday shoes. It also encourages movement and blood circulation to the toes and restores normal and natural foot function. Along with proper foot exercises, foot muscles become stronger and this leads to resolved foot problems and pain. The toe spacers help strengthening intrinsic muscles in the feet, which helps stability in yoga, balance poses, pain-free runs, deeper squats and stronger jumps. My faults would be citation needed. And is there one? No. Imagine my shock. Yeah, no citation. There's a lot of big, a lot of big claims there. Uh, I mean, some of it we spoke about already saying, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Obviously, being able to help with wearing everyday <laughs> shoes. I mean, funny enough, uh, I've literally just typed into Google now, like toe separator study, and I've come up with the effects of insole with toe separator and night splint on patients with painful halux valgus, which is what we were talking about earlier. Bun- which is bunions for those who want to work. A comparative study. And you know, I'm going to be an absolute dick and just go to the conclusion without even reading is, the paper. Is this, is, this the, uh, is this the 2021 meta analysis? Did, 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 no, this is from 2008. Have you got a meta I've analysis? Got, I've got a 2021 meta analysis, mate. Joe, I'm going to hold fire. I'll keep this up. I'll hold fire and we'll see what oh, your meta analysis in. says. I'm coming back. The only difference with this meta analysis, though, that yours might be better on, this is not specifically on toe spaces. It looked at numerous things that included toe spaces. Show me your hand. And it was and it was on, as we said, uh, Halux Valgus, which is bunions. Uh, and it basically echoed what we said earlier, was that there's not enough evidence to determine what is causing bunions and if certain things can actually help it or not. It's very multifactorial. So this included toe spaces, and they said they echoed what we said earlier. So toe spaces and bunions, we can't really be concrete of it on, a, on paper. And... What I've noticed overall, which probably your paper is going to say also, a lot of papers I've looked at all seems to be doing, to do with pain. Mm. And I don't. Do we pain want to go down this rabbit hole? Do we, do, we, do we want to go down this rabbit hole right now? Probably not. But as Tom just said, pain is very complicated, and a lot of these papers are on pain. And I want to be honest: if you if you're giving someone something like a toe spacer with the intention of reducing pain, there probably is a chance that there's going to be some effect there. Yeah, because you're and expecting it, it to happen. Because and you're also, expecting it to happen. My example earlier, you're changing your sensation to something. But I mean, uh, you know, like when you used to fall over at school and they uh, just go get that blue tissue roll, put it under mm-hmm. a tap and just put it on you. You, you feel better yeah. now? You know, you've got a massive fucking graze, but do you feel better now? Yeah. You've just simply put something on there and you're just, just changing the sensation or expecting something's going to feel better. The, the magic of wet blue toilet roll. And it's almost hard to do a th- something like a placebo with a toe spacer because how can you... How can you have a placebo with a toes? I mean, it's, it's either going to separate your toes or it's not. <laughs> I mean, you could literally, this is like a squat you fantasy here, but you could literally suck on someone's toe and they'll feel better. <laughs> oh, so God. I had to get a foot fetish plus squat you, uh, you know, crossover in somewhere. Yeah. I'm glad I did. But, no, you make, but no, in all seriousness, though, the points Tom was making there is true. Like a lot of these papers that are done on pain 
Yeah. It's going to be very easy to fight. And I don't want to say people who are like, for example, Kieran said the name of saying it's helped his pal. I don't want to like say to him he's talking absolute fucking waffle because if it's helped him, it's, it's helped him. But we have to take into account that pain is quite complicated. And it if you if you if you do if you're going after something in the aid of your pain, sometimes you're not actually dealing with the root of the pain. You're just covering it with a little bit of placebo magic. Yeah. And it doesn't always last for ages. But if it is working for you, that's great. And I said, we, there are, especially with the barefoot shoes, potentially if you are strengthening your foot, that could lead to yeah. a reduction in injury. I mean, it's, it's multifactorial, isn't it? So I mean, do you know what? Going back to this study that I did find from 2008 by someone whose name I'm definitely not going to be able to pronounce. But basically, um, <laughs> there was two groups. One that was given toe separators and a splint. This was the guys that had... Um, Fuck, Halix Valgus. I can't even say the simple term, bunions. Just say, just say bunions. Yeah, people with bunions. <laughs> there was the group that had a, just a splint and the toe separators, and there was another group that only had the splint. And funny enough, pain was reduced quite significantly in the group that had both the toe separators and the splint, as opposed to just the person with the splint. Mm. But when it came to the actual angles of the toes, there wasn't actually a significant difference. So pain decreased, okay. but the actual angle didn't. Which kind of, once again, it kind of mirrors what we just spoke about, actually. You can change pain, yeah, but is it going to make a massive difference into how your feet are actually shaped? Probably not, unless you're doing some severe anti-Chinese foot binding, you know, Chinese yeah. foot widening, you know, ooh, fuck that. Then, you know, as, as you said, um, I think you said earlier, Tom, to, for, to, you almost have to wear these things pretty much all the time. Yeah, and you also need force. Not just simply yeah, okay, placing okay. it on there, but actual fault as well yeah, to so make a yeah, structural yeah, change. Move, yeah, moving around. I think if you walk around a lot with those barefoot shoes, your feet will naturally sort of, but it takes time. And the problem we have, this is this where you get sort of that bit of a conundrum where we're telling you on one hand, you don't wear them all the time because the problem is your body is going to probably struggle a little bit at first because it's not used to that way of that way of having the, that shoe. So you could lead to an increased injury risk or discomfort. So you might not bother anymore. Mm. But then we are saying, on the other hand, we're saying is, you need to wear them quite a lot to actually have a change. Mm. So what we're basically saying is that you've got to do it gradually, but it's going to be over a long period of time. Yeah, probably gonna, it's probably be like I'm, I'm probably thinking like a year, mate, a year plus to actually start seeing some. I don't want to find out, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't want to find out. Uh, back on toe spaces, though, Tom. I want to make a point. I want to read a point someone made on some of these papers in regards to pain. Um, and they, this is to do with bunion pain again. So they said the spacers seem to have improved bunion pain, but it is unknown whether other body parts were forced to compensate for this perceived improvement. The whole body would then need to be evaluated, in my opinion, to ensure that limiting movement in the toe area wasn't causing movement limitation further upstream. And this goes back to something we said even earlier with the barefoot shoes, is that, yes, you're solving this little problem down here, but is your body then having to compensate in other places to make up for the lack or improved range of motion in other areas. For example, in this case, the toe space is obviously restricting the movement of the toes, spreading them out. Is that then causing potential other issues in the other places of the body, which is what mm -hmm. papers have not actually looked at. They've not looked at, okay, we've seen improvement here. Let's now analyse the rest of the body to see if it's made a difference. Yeah. I've, toe spaces, I've not seen that much evidence. I mean, not not until we kind of nah, like it's started it's limited, about isn't it? recently. Yeah, it's very limited. Um, but it did. However, I have seen people, certain accounts and influence, etc., who have been very sure in the claims they've made without actually providing citations, just by mechanical jargon. The, and this is something else I want to uh, make a note on. This doesn't just come to toe spaces; it's about a lot of products. If you find a product that has to have a large pool of athletes or celebrities to push their product 
mm. as their means of promotion, you almost have to question it to a degree of, well, if it was such an amazing product and you've got the science to back it up and you know this product is actually making a difference on a wide scale to a wide variety of populations, you could just lead with that because people are like, okay, this fucking shit works. But the fact you're going to just celebrities to push it almost feels like they're like, mm, we're not really strong enough on the claims. So if we use the appeal to authority thing, that's going to work instead. Do you know what I'm trying to say? No, I know exactly what you said. I thought this uh, with Princess Diana in the 90s when she was clearing landmines. I actually thought to myself at the time, you know, they're having to get like a celebrity to kind of point out the, the, the negativity of landmine usage. So I was like, landmines probably what? ain't as bad as what people say. Where the fuck's that come from? Just giving you my personal anecdote. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't... Uh, if this is your first time tuning in to Chat Shit Get Fit, welcome, uh, where we do chat shit. We do sometimes get fit, <laughs> occasionally. Mm. Do you reckon you could set off a landmine with a barefoot minimalist shoe? That could be a positive. Uh, right, moving on. Um, Actually, do you know what? No, we're not moving on. We're sticking with this. <laughs> Please uh, let me move it, on. we're running with this. Please. When I was actually oh, no. looking into barefoot studies, etc., um, they actually... The, the apparently the uh, please prove me wrong to our military listeners in the US, but apparently the US military have been banned from wearing five finger uh, vibrams and vivo vivos <laughs> in a uh, really? PT. Yeah, now apparently that's to do with a uniformity thing, which does kind of make sense because it's very similar with us as well. You know, you couldn't go fucking running in the British Army, you know, with your unit wearing a born to kill shirt or something. Yeah, like but that. isn't it? Yeah, but isn't it to do like insurance as well? It could be. Have I used to run in my own shoes? Yeah, but I know I know the UK yeah. army, the British army, they can be quite funny, especially when you do certain courses, you have to wear issued boots because, for example, like if you did something like the commando course, I, and I speak to guys there, they were saying that even though they had these like really fucking alley boots, like they had to wear their like, really, silver shadows. They, 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 they had <laughs> the like these really good boot, boots that were like really good for running and like high physical activity, but they weren't allowed to wear them because of um insurance because if you then make a claim and it turns out that you weren't wearing the issued footwear then the army was liable for not making if not not putting your safety at fucking best interest whatever and i'm not sure if that's another reason perhaps it could be to be fair did you ever get issued those magnum running shoes oh the black ones yeah yeah i did yeah they're awful they had a bit of a uh, vivo vibe to them i thought really yeah, they had that black ridging. It was all ribbed, and all that was missing was the uh, the actual five finger. Yeah, bits but they weren't the barefoot shoes. They had some, no, no, they, had they weren't. Loads of sponge. They had loads of sponge. They weren't, but just reminded me of how it actually looked. Yeah, yeah they were fucking horrendous to run in. Yeah, I'd swap those out for some vibrams. Also, Tom, I want to quickly go back to a serious note as well. Is you know you said how they're not they're not allowed to wear those five fingers. I also like to think this is talking about boots strictly. Is that the reason they sometimes might want you to wear certain boots is because as we said, it's for trigger adapt- discipline. What you, you might be able to accidentally discharge a weapon with your toes uh, on the on the vibram. You've got a problem with these vibrams. Since we've started this podcast, all you've done is try to derail this podcast. The vibram. Have you actually got a pair there? I've, I've actually got a feeling <laughs> no. you've actually got a pair of vibrams. Mate, I've got a pair of pink Crocs, and that's about it. I've lost. I forgot what I was going to say now about US military using them. Oh, yes, adaptation with boots. If you're if they if they're doing all their PT sessions in their own special boots, but then when they go on a tour deployment, they they have to wear a certain boot. You've not adapted to those boots. That's so you're good then, point. yeah. So you're then increasing your injury risk. You're increasing your chance of going man down, meaning you're not operationally effective, which is obviously not ideal. So maybe that's another reason. Do you know what that is? That is actually a really good point. But I bet you they haven't actually considered that. 
<laughs> do you not think? Do you reckon no. they literally just? I think that? it's a good point, but I bet you they haven't actually considered that. They just got it. We all need to look the same. Fuck it. Yeah, that Get is about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, Ali Vibrams. Um, yeah. I think we're, we're, I think we'll leave it there. I think there's one more thing I just want to say. Uh, this is another good little quote I found actually. It's um, this basically comes down to the whole thing. It's not a magic bullet, as we say with most stuff that we talk about. Um, to have an actual improvement, you're going to need to change like pretty much all your footwear. You can't just chop and change like Tom said. And you're going to have to constantly, act, uh, you're going to have to sorry, actively mobilize and strengthen your feet. Um, that means that you can't just wear toe spaces and it's going to automatically realign your foot. Like you'll see, even to be fair to some of these athletes, when they wear them, they do a lot of mobility stuff wearing the toe spaces. You can't simply mm. just put them on and expect it to, to be a magic bullet. You've got to actively engage in certain sort of movements to help improve that. Um, so it's, it's going to take quite a lot of time, basically, to see a difference, I'd say. Um, and the question I'd ask, be asking myself is, is my effort best spent elsewhere? Is there other low-hanging fruit that I can attack with my time and effort as opposed to mobilising my feet with toe spaces on? Yeah. That's what I'd be asking myself, but... Everyone's different. If that's something you feel like you want to work on and it could help you out, yeah. then yeah, go for it. But just be aware that it's not a simple case of slipping on some rubber fucking toe things and your, your feet are going to be magic. You're going to have to engage in some sort of activity as well. I mean, look, I don't think there's anything inherently bad about toe spaces or minimalist shoes. I just, it only becomes a problem with for me, as I mentioned earlier, is when the narrative around it becomes very nocebic. So where people say, no, you have to be, or you should be using this particular equipment in regards to toe spacers and yeah, minimalist shoes. But if you want to do them, go for it, crack on. Just to confirm what Bill said as well, personally, once again, I could be wrong, I'm going to be corrected in the future. Personally, I would not chop and change between running shoes and uh, yeah, minimalist shoes. I'd pick one and just go for that. I mean, it's different. Earlier on, I made, I spoke about going from running in boots to running in shoes and back and forth for a trainer, sorry. There are some job roles where you don't have a choice and that's a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah. But yeah, do what you want. We live in a democracy. So fuck it, do what you want. We live in a society. We do live in a society. I couldn't shoot a hornet in today, Bill. Nah, that's fine. You know, I could have, I could have shoot hornet in with the whole toe sucking maybe, but I didn't. <laughs> Man, I realise on our uh, complete tangent now, people probably turn t- tune out at this point. But last week's episode with uh, Dr. Darian Parker, I said society about fifteen thousand times, mate. I was on a roll. I yeah. was banging out society left, right, and centre. And I purposely ignored it. You did, you're right. Yeah, I was surprised actually. I think I, I, I think I called you up at one point saying, "I oh, don't you say anything." You didn't. You didn't say anything. You stayed. You stayed firm. Yeah. It was I thought it was a uh, belittling the message, which actually proves we live in a society. To sort of quickly just wrap that up then. Hopefully that's been some use to you and you can make a more informed decision on whether to get some barefoot shoes or toe spaces. I think you'd probably be surprised at some of the stuff we said. We weren't all doom and gloom with them. Just to reiterate the point that uh, myself and Tom have said throughout is if you are going to get some... Send us pictures of your feet. You are, you... I give up. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough. Fuck this, I've had enough. Yeah, chill it off there. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I'm going. Right. Pleasure as always. See you next week. As always, thanks for listening. This episode, as you could probably tell, was streamed live via Twitch and our very first sort of test live stream. Well, it was great to see so many of you guys pop in and say hello. Big shout out to Leon. Always great to see you getting involved with the podcast, mate. Uh, and if you do want to join us on the next live stream, it's going to be every Thursday around 8.15pm GMT. Uh, and if you do follow us on Twitch, you'll get updates on our schedule. Link for that will be down below or you can head to www.twitch.tv slash podcast. We will see you next week, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon.